What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Botanical Transcendence Podcast. Here I provide a unique, individualistic, and holistic approach to healing the spectrum of your well-being and elevating the quality of your overall life. I am here to inspire you to become your greatest version, to walk you down the path of sustainable health, financial freedom, and living out your soul's purpose. I will guide you through stepping into your own sacred skill set, health empowerment, and attracting financial abundance to live out your birthright of being free. Here you will heal your mind, body, and soul through botanical transcendence. So for this podcast, I wanted to talk about our coexistence with nature and how that also relates to our relationship with animals and all living beings here as well too. So I personally feel that being eco-friendly starts on a conscious level of understanding and that would be understanding our coexisting relationship with nature, both the physical and the metaphysical worlds. Understanding that we are not separate from nature, we are nature. Everything within nature and the universe is composed of all the same life force. This life force energy flows through all of living things, including us. So that would be trees, the ocean, stars, buffalo, the plants, and hence why a plant-based diet and one that is based mostly around plants is so high vibe and transformative and overall healing to the mind and body because when we you know fuel our body with such a high vibration of you know life force we literally take on that life force force energy in comparison as if we were to consume a diet or just an overall lifestyle that was harmful to us and also harmful to other beings as well too when we are exposed to this life force this life force energy more consistently our mind body and spirit become more vibrant it is all around us within our breath our environment and our spirit is life force as well so some of you may be familiar with the i guess you would say he was a timeless entrepreneur or just philosopher and a man of many skills and just overall a very expansive person you know to have in this lifetime essentially Um, but that would be Nikola Tesla and one of his most popular quotes is if you want to find the secrets of the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration So I know a lot of you probably hear a lot about like energy and like frequency and vibration and it really comes down to much more like a scientific and um, like quantum physical level of understanding. So I'm not going to delve like deeper with like the quantum physics of it that I will probably say for like another podcast. Um But just in general, you know, if you want to understand yourself, if you want to understand nature better, if you want to understand really anything, just think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, because literally everything carries this life force energy and has its own frequency and vibration with it. 
So you may be wondering how exactly you can go about increasing your life force energy. And there's an abundance of ways that you can really go about this. Um, But one of the most simplest ways is just by taking yourself out into nature. And I actually did this just a little bit ago. Before I started recording this podcast, I just sat outside for a little bit and meditated and just practiced like breathing for a little bit and just feeling the cool breeze, you know, on my skin and not perceiving as cold, you know, just allowing it to be and allowing myself to be one with nature in that sense. And that for me is when I find a lot more peace within the present moment and, you know, truly accepting the present moment and just allowing it to be. And in that moment is when you, you know, can see the beauty of it and, you know, not perceive it as like, you know, like it's so cold out here. And, you know, instead of really having judgment towards it, it's just kind of allowing yourself into a peaceful state of mind of it's, you know, it's just nature. It's just the way it is. And if you truly wish to you know, be one with nature and hold that coexisting relationship, then you just kind of have to accept how it is sometimes. And that's kind of like with life in general is if you choose to only see the negative, you know, if you only choose to see the negative in nature or any aspect of life, then you're only going to see life through eyes of negativity. So like I said, one of like the simplest ways is taking yourself out into nature Uh, The forest is one of the most lively and vibrant with this life force energy. So um, I definitely resonate like when I take myself out into uh, like a wooded area, you know, like going to walk through some trails, all the greens or just all of the trees. And, you know, I can feel their energy just radiating into my own. This energy radiates from every living thing from one plant or tree overlapping the energy of all the other plants around it. So essentially it's creating an organic network of high vibe energy. So some other ways that you can also enhance the flow of your life force energy is, like I said, a walk in the woods, um, just getting outside and just walking around, even if it's for like two minutes or five minutes. So, you know, if it's really cold where you live or if it's snowing, like at least get out for a couple minutes and just, you know, push yourself, like make it a practice of self-discipline and, um, you know, showing up for yourself and also just being present and, you know, just using it as a form of meditation. Like if it is cold, then just embracing the cold and allowing yourself to be in nature and enjoy it. Um, other practices that you can do, um, would include like acupuncture, um, like Reiki energy work. Um, you can do like different forms of massages, yoga as well. Yoga is one of the practices I incorporate into my day every day. Um, any, like, I mean, a lot of like physical exercises essentially can, um, enhance and generate this energy and life force within you. So, Um, having a nice balanced life, I guess, of just like keeping active and then also knowing when to rest and when to honor that life force energy. So you can come back with the physical activity even stronger. 
So here is when understanding our coexistence with nature can be overall transformative. Allowing the energy to flow through you to become one life force energy with the trees and plants all around you. So using it as a form of meditation. The beauty of being in nature is that there is no judgment. Nature simply is and allows you to be as well. Hence why we feel more authentic with the ones who accept us for who we are. We are free to express ourselves intimately and unapologetically. That is why we feel, you know, so so drawn towards our friends and our families because we know that they hold that unconditional love for us and you know, we can be weird and crazy around them and nature is the same way. It's there's no judgment like nature literally can't tell you that you're ugly or, you know, tell you that your singing is terrible. And a quote that I actually stumbled across when doing a little bit of research, um, it's by Alexandria Hotmer. And she says, if we would take just, if we would just take a moment to look around, we would find that the universe is in constant communication with us. And I really do resonate with that because I feel I'm always in communication with the universe in some way, whether it's through nature, through a conversation with somebody, through, you know, like physical signs that like I see on the road or numbers, especially, um, I experience like a lot of like synchronicities of time of like seeing 11, 11 and two, three, four, um, my birthday, which is 10, 28 and, I often see like 111 and ones and 11 specifically very often. So I know that those are um, a very high vibe number and energy and they carry their own energetic meaning essentially behind them. So um, that's another form of communication with the universe is like tapping into, um, I guess, understanding or forming that relationship with the universe through like angelic numbers and um, the signs that you receive as well, too. The way that we perceive those and portray those, we can also utilize that as a tool to contribute to our healing and overall just kind of use it as like a game of like guidance, of like a, a game of like hot and cold, you know, of like when you see that number, like what are your thoughts at that point in time? So I know that um, for me personally, um, when I see like 1111, it reminds me to like check in with my thoughts and like my state of mind. Like, is it in alignment with my truth? Is it in alignment with the life, you know, that I desire to create? And if it is, then I, it's just, you know, confirmation that I am in alignment and that, you know, the universe has me back at that point. And if it's not, you know, in check or where it should be, or I notice that like my thoughts are, you know, veering off into like whatever anxiety, whatever, um, then it just, it pushes me to really like check in with myself and, you know, be like, what kind of care do I need right now? Like, do I just need to sit like in silence? Do I need to hydrate myself? Like, do I need to eat? Do I need to communicate something or do I just need to, stop and slow down. And a lot of the times I just need to slow down. So now that you've got a bit more of an idea and perhaps a different perspective when it comes to our coexistence with nature, 
Um, this is when our relationship with animals and all of the other living beings here really comes into um, existence with our own. <laughs> um, with the perspective of our unity with all living things, it is implied that we are also in coexistence with the animals that inhabit this planet as well. And honestly, it only makes sense from me because, you know, if you really hold like that unity and like that unconditional love for all living things, you wouldn't feel the need to harm another being in any way. Like, I understand that, you know, there are like times in a situation or communication where um, understanding gets lost. And, you know, sometimes we hurt somebody else or another being, you know, animal, whatever it is, but this can all be prevented essentially. Um, and I'm not going to say it can be stopped, but the key word is prevention, just like with diet and um, like healing illness, you know, it's not about the cure, but it's about the prevention of how can we prevent this from happening? How can we prevent harming other, you know, living beings here? And it really comes down to a much more personal, um, like introspective level of the individual, the individual and their state of mind. And, you know, if I am not in an organized state of mind to be out, you know, um, I guess communicating with other people, you know, if I'm in like a negative headspace and I am feeling selfish that day but it's really because you know I'm I'm lacking like that you know patience or love or you know just whatever it is like within myself and it is then that we often allow ourselves to project that onto other people and I know because I've done this before you know when you're not in like a headspace to be at work and essentially you start projecting like your negativity onto people and you like, I, you know, tend to reflect back and I notice like, Hey, like that person really didn't deserve like, you know, that like rudeness, you know, whatever it was that I was um, projecting onto them. And it's, it's the prevention of how can we, or what can we do to, you know, cultivate that patience and that love within ourselves that we can also reflect that onto other people. So we can be patient and loving with other people you know, instead of inflicting harm on them just because we don't understand our own inner world. Um, so it's really uh, the like these two topics, our relationship with animals and coexistence with nature, really it all starts within. And honestly, everything within your reality starts within you. Uh, th our thoughts are very powerful. They essentially create our reality. So if you hold the perspective that you have this power over animals or over nature, then you are probably somebody who does more harm than good. <laughs> You're probably somebody who, I don't know, maybe, you know, still eats a large quantity of meat because you feel that you need meat for protein. And, you know, it, that's just what cows are made for is for protein and for calcium. But that's, that's definitely not what they're made for. They're made of that. And so are you. So there's no reason to consume another living being, you know, just for something that you feel you lack. Essentially filling the void that we are completely 
and entirely responsible for. So from the relationship that we have with cows to the one of a family dog, they both maintain this life force energy. They both maintain feelings, emotions. They experience all parts of the spectrum of life, just as we do. They experience feelings of deep depression and despair when they're separated from their their young, from their family, when they're taken to the slaughterhouses. They endure the feelings and emotions of abuse, of neglect, of just genuine fear of what is going on, of why am I being like incarcerated? Why am I, you know, having, why am I being confined? Why am I going through this pain? And maybe, you know, they don't have as complex of a mind as we do, but who are we to say that? Who are we to judge? And that's what intrigues me further is that our communication with them is limited. They cannot speak our language, which that is our most powerful way to communicate with them. Well, I guess not like with them, but our most powerful way that we as humans communicate is with language, uh, with one another, because we share that, um, we share that language essentially. And, you know, even if it's somebody who speaks another language, um, that's still like a, a barrier that we have with that person. So, I mean, if you put it into perspective of if you were speaking to somebody of like another, um, another like authenticity or whatever it is, um, if they were speaking another language and you couldn't understand them, I know that I've dealt with this before, like working with customers, like there are some people that come in and like, you really can't understand them, but it's then I don't allow myself to be judgmental. I don't allow myself to be bothered by that because that's just who they are. They're doing their best to try to communicate with you, you know, the best that they can. And what you can do is you can then, you know, see that for what it is and, you know, see how they're trying to communicate. And instead, if you don't understand the language, then go to your other senses, use your energy, use your feelings, use the body language, use the tone of their voice use something else, you know, to kind of, um, try to convey what they're trying to say. Um, so I, you know, I've had a lot of customers come in that speak, um, I don't know, just a different language. And sometimes I really don't know what to say because I can't understand them, but, um, that's those times when I just kind of, I stop really trying to process. I stop speaking. I just, I let them speak, even if like there's some silence in between what they're saying, you know, I just kind of, um, observe their body language and their facial expression. And throughout, you know, the course of that conversation, somehow I, you know, get it across that they want it in a separate bag or they, you know, they saw it for a different sale price or it's, you know, that's just an example. But, um, so with communication, it often gets lost within the human community as well as our relationship with animals. So I would say that the most powerful way for us to communicate with them, with animals, is through energy. 
and through our other senses. It really just comes down to us honestly having a mutual respect for animals by saying like, hey, these animals are worthy of, you know, me going, uh, putting in, you know, some more energy to understand how they are feeling or what they're trying to communicate. So the way that I see it is that we should instead um, not, you know, just completely shut them out as a species, but, you know, use our feelings, use our physical communication, use the tone of our voice and body language to try to build a relationship with them, try to communicate consciously with them as well, too. And I know that a lot of people don't even think about this with animals. And honestly, I didn't really think about it much either. But, you know, with having like a plant-based perspective and like a coexisting, you know, perspective towards life, you just start to see how everything is connected. And it really just inspires you to deepen your relationship with both the metaphysical and the physical aspects of life and nature. So I guess what really sparked my inspiration for doing this podcast about our relationship with animals was a couple different, I guess, experiences that I had with animals. And it was just with um, a cat that um, lives here with us and also like our our dog named Bear. Um, And I would say, okay, I'll say the one with Hammy first, the cat. So she's been my childhood cat for years, like seriously years. She's probably like 12 at this point, maybe even older. Um, but she has been through quite a bit. There was a time when we lived in a smaller apartment that couldn't really have animals. So we had to keep her in the garage and, I mean, of course, like it wasn't my decision, but I felt really bad about it because I, myself, (laughs) I get tired of being even just in my room for too long. So I can completely understand like an animal that is supposed to be out in nature, like roaming free, you know, out with the rest of, you know, nature and everything. So I understand what it would be like to be completely isolated in a dark garage for months with you know, barely any sunlight, barely any like life force energy that they are naturally inclined to be in. So she went through a time of, you know, this is just my observation, but I can tell by her physical features and like just making eye contact with her. And like, she has changed as a cat, like she has changed. And, um, I can physically tell that she has gone through like a lot of, um, feelings of neglect and depression and really just fear of, you know, what is out there and of like other animals because the way that she interacts with um, other cats and she's, she's closer with our dog, but um, with other cats, she often hisses at them or growls at them and she doesn't want anything to do with other cats She just wants to be completely isolated now, and she often stays in, like, one part of the house, and um, so this is something that I definitely have noticed with her, and for me, I often correlate animals with us because we are animals. We are both 
uh, mammals. Animals and humans are both mammals. So I often see us closely related in that way of how we can um, observe and reflect on the relationships that we have with each other. So, and I really, this really deepened that thought and perspective for me when I, I saw her and she, she was just doing her own thing. And I just, I got on her level. I got on the floor and I just, you know, laid down with her and I just asked her like what it is that she needs, you know, what is it that she needs? Or, you know, I just, I just reminded her, you know, that she's safe and there's nothing to be afraid of and that, you know, she's safe with me and that I I come in peace to her. And, it, you know, it sounds like a very like cliche, like crazy thing to do, but I mean, just think like, how would you feel if someone did that to you? Like, how would you feel if someone got on your level, you know, both physically and mentally? And, you know, they told you that, Hey, like I, I see you, I hear you, I'm here for you. You're safe and you are safe to come to me. That honestly, to me is like the most comforting and reassuring thing that I could receive from a person. And when I had the experience with her, like it really, it I don't, I don't even know like how to put it into words, I guess, just cause I haven't like reflected much on the experience, but, um, I guess I just, I felt more of her being, I felt more of her soul and it really has changed my perspective, honestly, towards animals now. So I feel like I pay them more attention. I feel like I try to include them more and I, I send them more of like my own, you know, energy as well. And, letting them know that they're not alone and that they're heard and that they're worthy of being heard and, you know, being respected just as we are too. So who's to say that we can take their power? They are more vulnerable in the sense of how they cannot verbally communicate how they are feeling or what it is that they want. And, you know, just as a child, we have to, you know, get on their level of understanding what it is that they need and what it is that they want. And, you know, I really believe that we just need to tear down the barrier or the the label that we put on the relationships that we have with each other. Like the relationship that we have with an animal is no different from the one that we have with each other. It is no different from the relationship that we have with children, with the ones who cannot communicate on our level. And it really just comes down to a conscious level of, you know, we need to get out of our head and work through our hearts of how can we consciously communicate to all living beings here? And that would be nature as well too. How can we connect deeper with the plants and nature around us and deepen our connection with it? And it's when we do that and when I have experienced that myself, that's when my passion for plant-based living just grows even greater because I truly see the potential that, I mean, the coexisting relationship that we have with nature and how it literally provides us everything that we need to heal and we can utilize it to our advantage. We are the ones who, you know, advance society and create this technology and it's beautiful the fact that we can do that. But what if we combine that with a loving relationship with nature? We could utilize nature in 
an advanced and technological way to truly advance our whole civilization and society as a whole. So back to our relationship with animals, um, the sense that, you know, they can't always communicate the same as we do. Um, it, it makes them more verb or makes them more, yes, vulnerable in that way. Um, yet I feel that society has kind of stepped in and taken on the role of being their voice. So this can go both ways though, with, uh, society being the voice of animals. On the one side of the spectrum, there are the conscious ones who speak up for them, standing up for their rights and fighting for their freedom. And on the opposing side, we have taken it so far to transporting these living sentient beings on hazardous vehicles to the slaughterhouse. That to me screams, man has power over animals. Like, and it's 111 right now. <laughs> Um, so cool. I'm in alignment with, um, you know, my, uh, soul's purpose and everything. So, uh, just the other day, uh, yesterday I was driving and I look over and I see a truck, a big, heavy, like hazardous, dangerous, like metal looking like caged in like truck. And in that I see that there are like pigs in there and, this is on a highway. Like, I mean, put yourself into the perspective of the being of the animal, of the pig, of that soul. Like, imagine yourself in the back of like this loud, like fast moving, like just crowded, like truck with a bunch of other people. And you're just, you're trapped back there. You don't know what's going on. You don't know why you're in there. You can't perceive what's going on. Maybe you've been pumped full of chemicals or drugs to make you lose, um, you know, your consciousness and, you know, you're moving so fast on this, this vehicle taking you somewhere. You don't know where you're going. And when you do get there, you're tortured and you're killed. And I mean, to put this into like a much grander perspective, like this does happen with humans too. Um, this happens to humans, this happens to animals, this happens to everybody. Um, again, this also solidifies that there is a direct correlation with animals and humans. Like we are so closely related, like the same people who are okay with harming other animals are essentially the ones who are okay with harming other humans. And I guess just working through this in my head now, um, a lot of the people that are inflicting harm against um, other animals or other humans are the ones that are often in higher authority and in higher power to us. Oftentimes, um, we see that these higher authority figures are within our government or within corporations that feel that they their power comes from taking the power of other people from taking the power of other beings and fueling that, you know, for their own, because they seriously lack so much understanding of, you know, what it is that they truly want or need from life that they, they feel the need to deprive these free beings of their right to be free and to live an abundant life, just as they strive to do, you know, they, they strive to live a life full of you know, financial abundance because they're 
probably making a lot of money off of the harm that they're inflicting onto others because it's what they're paid to do. But who's to say that we are to be um, deprived of that right to be free and to live a truly abundant life that we are literally born here to live out and to, you know, journey through. And uh, back onto like the topics of the animals, they have families just as we do. They feel pain. They feel emotional and physical pain as well too. So again, you know, putting yourself in the perspective of that pig like that, like just because it's a pig, like it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a sister or a mother who like, you know, is in extreme pain because it misses its young, its child that it just gave birth to. They go through that emotional and physical pain. And when they go through that emotional and physical pain, it it literally becomes their state of being. They take on that energy of fear, of um, anxiety, of you know the abuse that they endure, and it stays with them. So when they are killed, then you know they're taken to the slaughterhouse, and you know let's say they're like using um, them to I don't know manufacture like whatever meat it is you know that they're sending out into um, markets or stores or whatever to the people, (laughs) um, that energy is then transferred into your body. Um, if you are consuming, you know, large quantities of meat that you don't know exactly where it's sourced from. So, you know, if you're not, I mean, even if you are like farming this animal, there's really no fair, like truly peaceful way to kill something because your intention with it is to literally end its life. Um, (laughs) so anyway, just think in terms of like the energy that, you know, this pig is enduring through this, this, um, this journey, you know, through the transportation on the truck to the, the slaughterhouse and up until its death, that energy is then transferred into your own body. And hence why people who have, you know, diets that are high in meat and high in animal products, like they, they often have stressful and, um, you know, depressive lives and like a state of mind. And they often feel like they are like life is happening to them or that they're the victim and, you know, that they, their energy is just, it's so not in alignment with their truth and often why they feel, just so reactive instead of, you know, respondent to life. And, um, I could go on like a whole nother tangent about that as well. But, um, from my perspective, I feel that man has gotten so deep in the void of not understanding their own existence here, that a way to feel empowered or to take on the dominance that they actually lack within themselves is by taking the life of another being. And like I said before, this could be with another human, this could be with an animal, whether it's, you know, homicidal people who, you know, they feel attacked and they just, I don't know, they, they kill somebody else or whether it's a hunter, you know, who goes out and like literally kills deer for whatever reason. And I say, I say being instead of animal 
to put into perspective of how inhumane it actually is. Um, if I said animal, I feel like a majority would bat an eye and not think anything of it because we honestly have just been so conditioned to correlate animal with separate from us, but it is not separate. It is closely correlated with us. And honestly, what blows my mind is the fact that we have made hunting deer a trophy sport. I just had to pause for a second because, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of funny that literally killing something is made a sport. Like, man going out to kill a living energy, for what reason? To gain confidence? To show off? You know, I see a lot of people, like, post on Facebook, like, oh, I got, like, a 10-point buck or, you know, got a big catch for the day. like. What is that doing for you? <laughs> what is that doing for you or for anybody? Like, I, you know, I also see from, you know, their perspective that, you know, it could be for the use of meat. But even then, like, what is the intention behind it? Do you, like, obviously, like, I know that, like, we don't need meat to thrive. We don't need meat to live. We're not here to survive. We're not in survival mode anymore. That was like once before, but through evolution, here we are, and we can live on nature, on plants. <laughs> we can literally thrive without having to kill something. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it goes so much deeper than feeling like we need the meat of these beings for nutritional value because there isn't any. You can get protein from nuts, from seeds, from avocados from soy you can get your calcium from oranges from other fruits and vegetables literally every plant or every every fruit and vegetable contains like a complete profile of nutrients of micronutrients of macronutrients and they provide us an abundant source of life force energy and they're easily digested and seriously like everything about plants is like seriously so transformative and amazing i feel that the only aspect to why some still consume meat lies on a on a subconscious belief that they hold within themselves or towards life if man had a greater understanding of life of this life force energy and how every living thing is connected to us Maybe it would open their mind to cultivate unconditional love towards all life and towards themselves. And essentially, as they cultivate that self-love and you know mindfulness, mindfulness within themselves, it will then reflect into their outer experience and how they treat other people and how they treat other animals. And I'm not saying what man should or should not do. I am simply putting it into perspective how... If one has a deeper understanding of our own coexistence with nature, one would see there is no reason to harm another being for their own pleasure. Just because one loses sense of touch with their own being 
does not grant permission to take the power of another, whether it's human, whether it's animal, plant, rock, whatever. There is often the stigma that to be a man, you must eat meat, and to get big and strong, you need cow's milk, and to have a big old steak for dinner with a beer and, you know, some, like, mashed potatoes or, I don't know, something big and manly. This is programming. Commercials advertise this. Television is tells lies to your vision. They, they choose what they want us to see and to hear and to believe. Hence why it is called programming. They are literally programming and conditioning you subconsciously and consciously to believe the things that they know will, you know, shift your mind into a state of dependency. And so that they can control us and that we feel dependent on them to support us, you know, with insurance and, you know, all these different expenses and, you know, the food and the marketing and just all of this, this, all the embellishments of what reality really isn't because reality is not your television. It is not your fucking television. (laughs) It is turn off your TV, sit in silence and listen and feel what is around you. That is existence. And it's crazy because commercials advertise, you know, certain things. They advertise this perspective and push it into the minds of young children early on. So, you know, young men or just young at that point adolescents are led to think that they must eat meat to be strong or, you know, to be a man. But this is so wrong. If you want to be strong and healthy and really provide for your family and partner and yourself, you must dig deeper within to find your truth and what truly aligns with you. You are responsible for this. You are responsible for your own life. Like, you you cannot help what has happened to you in the past. That is gone. But you are responsible for the way that you handle it now presently and what you do with it from here on. And it's funny how contradicting it is. The image of man being big and strong, eating meat, but really what makes one strong and healthy is becoming aware of one's being, mind, body, spirit, and how it all correlates with nature. The largest animals of nature are plant eaters. Elephants, buffalo, and the saying, you know, being as strong as an ox, Ox eat plants. They're strong and they hold their power. And I encourage you to challenge your beliefs and actions today to take back your own power. Don't take somebody else's power because you lack your own. That is so disrespectful. Step down from your ego, move into your heart space, and challenge your beliefs and your actions today. Put more thought, and compassion into what you are consuming? Do you feel it in alignment with your truth when you are about to consume another being or product of? How does it make you feel? 
mentally, physically, and spiritually. Write it down. How do you feel after? Later on in the day, the next day, or throughout the week? Do you carry any emotional or physical guilt? Do your actions reflect the life you desire? Is your energy in alignment with the life that you wish to desire? Do your actions contribute to the harm of other living energy or does it help to heal?